Hello, everybody. It's Daniel Aaron here. This is The Art of Vibrant Living. We are joined today by Edward Clark, who is a great friend and an amazing yoga teacher. And I'll tell you more about him in a moment. Thank you to Longevity Drops, our sponsor for the show. And happy almost full rock and moon, y'all. Um, Edward, I'm so happy that you're on the show. Edward Clark, I first met actually nearly 20 years ago at a yoga conference when I was just very new to the yoga world and I was all excited about learning to stand on my hands and on my head and on my nose and uh, Edward Clark not only could do all of those things beyond what anyone else could do um, he had this theater troupe of people that did this synchronized movement dance advanced yoga thing that just blew me and everybody else away um, and, um, from then I, I said, I want to study with this guy. And I started learning from him, found out that not only is he, um, an incredible philosopher and, uh, funny guy, which you'll see, I, I threatened to steal his jokes. Um, he's also, I'd say the, the master of what vinyasa yoga is. And for that reason, I've bring Edward to teach on every one of my trainings that I possibly can because nobody in the world understands or teaches vinyasa in the way that he does. And if you don't know what vinyasa is, it's a kind of yoga and we'll get into it a little bit on this show. So um, without further blah, blah, I will stop and say, Edward, thank you for being here with us today. Oh gosh, Daniel, after that introduction, I'm so nervous. <laughs> And uh, to, hello, uh, hello, 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 uh, happy <laughs> followers of the art of vibrant living. We're so glad to be here today. All right, hello. now Edward is here and humble and silly. Um, and yet, uh, I, I think what we're going to get into has potential to be um, even sillier and perhaps more profound than uh, what most of us talk about most of the time. Um, and uh, this is, I don't know, well, I'll say no more. Edward? Launch in. Tell us. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, well, when Daniel and I were uh, discussing via email uh, what we were, what we were, what Edward, what will you talk about? Daniel, what shall I talk about? What can we talk about? Um, I hit upon the idea of uh, talking about infinity and already I'm bored with the idea, infinity. Uh, um, and I think, I think that's because we've become so accustomed to the idea of infinity that Oh yeah, infinity, it's just another number. And sort of the, 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 the vastness of what it is no longer or perhaps never uh, imposes uh, upon our thinking of it. It's, oh yeah, 3 billion and 12, big number, infinity, another big number. But the, the great notion behind infinity, I think, is uh, obvious. Uh, it's boundless. It, it, it is beyond boundaries. It has no perimeter. It is grander than finite creatures are capable of considering. And, uh, and yet, uh, in terms of what the universe is meant to be or what reality is assumed to be, uh, it's a, it's a uni unified thing. It is singular. It is vast and it is grand. Um, and yet we are, uh, as individuals, meant to appreciate somehow and become, in, in yoga terms, one with, you always have to say it in that kind of a voice, let me just do that again, become one with uh, the all, this, this vast, this vastness that contains everything without destroying it as it were and it has some kind of unity um uh so uh, talking about vibrant living and <laughs> i'm laughing because there's a dog barking at my end here and it's it's not me it's it's the dogs of infinity who are hounding me 
the the um there's this notion uh, of what we are uh and what is that we 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 look at ourselves and uh, i know in everybody in the entire sort of yoga new age whatever you want to call it marketplace somewhere you jam in the word transform or transformative because that's the the speak of the day um and and we're trying to be these things which are one thing and which is going to change into another thing in the context of this vastness so it's like infinity in terms of the universe or reality or the absolute or totality uh it's a a a, a ground base singularity in which these forms occur and, and so yeah we're talking like we're individual forms and we presume that yes that's me as if there's a, a kind of finality to that uh and and the notion i think underlying uh, what infinity or the universe or this vastness is is that it, it, it the thing that holds it together is not that it's a thing it's that it's a process and the forms that occur within this process are, are equally transitory and the idea of transformation or change is uh, inevitable um, what you 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 do how much control you have over that uh is to a degree slim uh you you make certain efforts to to try to be a better person which again, you always have to say in that try to be a better person voice is sort of got a finger wagging at you at the same time as you say it or i you know i'm i'm not going to be weak anymore or I'm not going to be so defensive anymore or whatever it is, but inevitably that will happen anyway. Um, so I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, partly just looking at what sort of things Daniel teaches and the kind of things that, that I teach that um, one endeavors to develop a modicum of control over this change without the presumption that it is actually controllable, perhaps only slightly influenceable. Having said all that, I think it's time to say, Daniel, Daniel, what do you think of all that? There's <laughs> oh, so many things that I think of all of that. Um, yeah, I mean, part of what you brought up there is the idea of, do we actually have any control or ability to manipulate what happens? And I mean, you got into the idea of, uh, Advaita Vedanta in a way in there and, um, you know, in yoga. I no, mean, I love it when you speak Sanskrit at me. <laughs> one of my pet peeves about, um, the yoga world uh, present company excluded, of course, but so ma so many of uh, the folks that get into the yoga world get so rigid. Um, and there's certainly an understandable aspect of yoga that teaches us to control everything from the most minute movements of our body to our breath. And it's easy. And yet the whole idea is to create some kind of freedom in in ourselves and in life um, subjugate is, the body to achieve freedom <laughs> um so yeah you know interesting questions you bring up and i think certainly the idea of infinity uh, well actually let me um step it back a moment perhaps because not all of our um, viewers here are necessarily into kooky yoga stuff in the way that we have been. Um, so perhaps what I was going to say is the way you def talk about infinity just now, the way you talked about it, 
um, makes a lot of sense in the way you teach yoga asana and in terms of the vinyasa. Um, though for those who don't know vinyasa or your particular emphasis on it, that impossible. might be How impossible. How could no one know? Do they don't know it? Well, only a couple, I, you know, just, oh, this, yeah. just a couple, but you know, we want to bring them in slowly. So, um, from, from deeply hurt, would you, um, would you give a quick, uh, perspective for folks on what vinyasa is and how it relates to what you're talking about? Um, uh, I, I, well, there's, I think I'm stuttering here. Like I've never talked about vinyasa <laughs> before. Uh, I think the, the the notion that underlies vinyasa and it it is a premise that that i am it's, it's not something that is a proven truth but it's that there is a flow of time that that there is passage of some sort a duration um and that flow is at the moment, the, I, I, I think for technical reasons is considered there would, sorry, so I'm really, this really does sound like I've never talked about vinyasa before. Time, time flowing evenly. Uh, so the changes that I was talking about happening to forms within a reality is that the changes are happening at an even rate and the person doing a vinyasa attempts to make their breath move smoothly and the sound of it smoothly, the flow of the air uh, smoothly. They attempt to synchronize the breath with the movement so that the uh, evenness of the movement is matched or synchronized with the evenness of the breath and the presumption being that uh, that is brought about by or brings about an evenness of mind. It's very difficult to breathe smoothly and move smoothly if your mind is in an agitated state. Um, so this is in, in some respects uh, seems to be contrary to to what uh, contemporary traditional yoga considers to be the purpose of it in contemporary yoga asanas seeks stillness in the body and perhaps stillness in the breath and stillness in the mind uh, an unchangingness um, and vinyasa's notion is that that because all is change how you discover the unity of the universe is through trying to uh, achieve a synchronization with this flow um now of course caveats could be put on that uh, does time in fact flow at an even rate uh, that's merely a premise it could be in there are other possibilities it could be that time is gradually speeding up or uh, gradually slowing down moving into a state of entropy in which case the stillness yogis might prove to be right in the long run or it could be that uh, time fluctuates at eccentric rates uh could be that there's no time at all so there's five possibilities but the technical work in vinyasa assumes that it is flowing at an even rate and one endeavors to achieve um, a oneness with this flow hopefully uh finding uh, what the infinity of the absolute, the universe, is by uh, accustoming oneself to that. One of the nice things uh, 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 about the vinyasa and uh, the way in which it uses breath is that it gives quite a, a, a realistic or finite time framework. 
um, you have the duration of an inhale in which to try and make the sound of the inhale be smooth, make the movement of the flow of the breath be smooth, make the movement be flowing. But it's just for the duration of that inhale and then likewise for an exhale. And because these are, are such finite lengths of time, it's not, uh, I would say, oversimplifying shockingly um, what you do in, in uh, the meditational aspect of normal, whatever that is, yoga, wherein you try and not think to bring the mind to a place of stillness for uh, an extended period of time. Rather, your mind is active, but it's equating this evenness, I would say, with the stillness that uh, uh, other generations of yogis may have sought. How was that for a really concise explanation? Is everybody still awake? <laughs> um, that's it. Yes, thank you. And, you know, it's, it's probably worth us... Part, part of what I, what I get, and I'm, and I'm hoping that um, the people with us are getting here, is that there is a relationship between uh, infinity, oneness, and the sort of even or continuous movement of vinyasa in the way that we understand it. And at the same time, we're talking about this, and uh, you're being very concise, Edward, the uh, <laughs> so no one's ever part, said that before. Can I put that on my website? <laughs> part of what the um, part of what our viewers are getting is some, uh, which you may not be seeing, some of the video from of your previous performances, um, you and some of the others. And so, what would you say in terms of you know most of the modern world still thinks of, or most of the contemporary Western world? thinks of yoga as being this set of movements or exercise or a fitness regime, even though, you know, there's, there's certainly lip service paid to, well, yoga means oneness and, and that this is really a spiritual thing. And if I do yoga, I wear a mala and I'm spiritual. Um, and still the main thing that people think of and, and, and largely what's taught and what people experience is it being just a physical thing. Um, and so we're having this philosophical conversation about it. At the same time, people are seeing some of what y you've done and what the, the others in Tripsikari have done, um, which, you know, is for the, for the normal person, even for the advanced yogi, it's pretty fantastical looking like, holy moly, how could they possibly do that? It seems surreal and impossible. So, you know, in terms of control, oneness, vinyasa, eternity, and then that physical stuff that that y'all are doing in those videos what's the connection there what would you say um well i'm, I'm going to seemingly lead off with the word melancholy um i i, I perhaps yearning is the the word that i look for and i think one of the one of the 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 great things about uh, a physical philosophy such as I think yoga is, is that it recognizes that it, it, it will never have a true understanding of the whole. Um, I was saying in vinyasa you have a breath during which you appreciate evenness and during that breath certain kind of understandings about what was going on for the duration of that time may come to you but when you take the next breath it things have moved on and it, it's an appreciation that you're not going to get the whole understanding of the entirety of time or the entirety of the universe but breath by breath or a bit by bit you 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 glean something of what is going on and and develop an a, a appreciation for it a, a discrimination a, a taste for it and i think this is uh what an what an artist is privileged to do they usually have to pay for the privilege mind uh, but they you know, I'm speaking idealistically here. They take something out of their head. They they 
have a vision which reveals something, <clears throat> excuse me, about that which is familiar, but, but shows it in a new light. And it's not that it, they're be, trying hard to be novel. What they are is original in the sense that they go back to the origin of that which is familiar and show it to us in a, a new way, uh, in a way that goes, oh, I, I know what that is. And yet it's not utterly graspable. And, and this is, again, the, the, the nature of what I'm saying, the, the yoga philosophy experience is um, hopefully I, I think good art also is quite entertaining and, and stimulating and uh, develops a, an awe of some kind because you immerse yourself in the art of that and I, 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 I think then you know in the technical practice of what tripsickery is my, my company and the name of the technique we do is is this deeply immersive thing where we're not projecting into the future per se we're taking instead something that has been which did not exist before and which we have deliberately created and brought into being. And I was saying earlier about um, what is the modicum of influence that we can have on our change. Well, the artist is in a sense privileged to in fact render something and put it into the world. What effect it ultimately has on each person who sees that art, whether it's dance or a painting or a piece of music, it, uh, you, you can't exactly say, but to some degree you influence what they think. So uh, it's a very specific way of influencing change without, without you know, bringing it around to a directly um, projectable sort of result. How is that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, again, it, uh, it brings up more good questions along the way. Um, and I will pause before I ask my next one or, or the next thing I want to say about it. And to thank our sponsor, which is um, Longevity Drops. And, you know, you brought up the word art and you brought up the word taste in the midst of that. And um, I one of the things I appreciate about the Longevity Drops is that they are really an artistic creation that will not guarantee our health in the same way that yoga won't. However, they will have some influence on it. Um, and part of part of how I actually just came to me that I, I relate, I'm relating the uh, longevity drops and, and herbal medicine in general to yoga is, you know, part of what we're creating in the yoga experience is an upliftment of prana or energy or some would say coming back to our natural essence. And that's what the, the herbal tonic does also is takes you know, these very potent, sometimes uh, sexual or some would call pranic stimulating herbs and utilizes them to increase our vitality. And we're still walking around and living in a world that's toxic and difficult and we've got stresses. Yet if we get more of that uh, natural vitality, then hey, life is a lot easier. And they're super tasty and easy to use, which also helps. <laughs> um, and while I'm uh, while I'm on it in terms of uh, sales pitches or an informational educational pieces as to things that might uh, help your lives, y'all. Um, in addition to longevity drops, I have something brand new that I am just putting out into the world, and I'm really excited about it. And uh, those of y'all that know me, my part of my big mission in life is to bring the non-physical, beyond physical, paraphysical, metaphysical aspect of yoga out into the world. And, you know, and that's part of what I do on the trainings. And now after all these years of doing it in sort of exotic places that are expensive to get to, I figured out a way and technology is such a blessing that I can um, bring everything that I've learned about 
yoga, but it really in the big picture of yoga, which includes relationships and emotions and transformation. We'll come back to that word. Um, psychology, um, sexuality, tantra, all of that, that I can bring all of that in a way that's like this, you know, that's uh, on the internet and that's recorded and through video and that you can digest as you like. Though perhaps more importantly, we also have live coaching calls twice a month where, because even in the end, and, and like what I appreciate about yoga also being a physical philosophy, it's not what you know, it's what you actually apply in your lives. And so I'm super grateful to have this new um, program, call it a mentorship, a membership, spiritual mentorship, um, where I can work with you um, directly one-on-one -on -one in, in the context of a group and figure out how to apply the lessons of yoga and everything that we've learned with spirituality in your life in a way that actually works and results in more energy, more happiness, more satisfaction, fulfillment. And if y'all are interested in that as a special thank you for our viewers, uh, well, one is there is a uh, introductory offer on it for the next uh, six days, I believe it is. Um, so time is of the essence. And the other is if any of you viewers of this show want to join in, I will also give you a one-to-one -one coaching session um, as a way to kick off your experience of it, the jumpstart of it. Um, so you can just email me, daniel at danielaaron.com if you want to go for that, let me know. And enough said on all that, let me know if you got questions. Edward. Yes, we're I'm, we're I'm here. I've, excellent. I've, my longevity drops and I'm back. <laughs> um, well, you know, boy, in terms of what I just said, I suppose that brings me around to applicability. What would you say in terms of, you know, I don't know, maybe 20%, 50% of our viewers are probably practicing yoga of one sort or another. Um, all this uh, philosophical talk that we have in considering infinity and how much influence do we have on our lives? Um, how does that, um, how can that make a difference in, in an ordinary person's life on a day-to-day -day basis? <laughs> <laughs> or can it? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, well, I don't know if I, I, again, that would be sort of like, uh, you know, uh, projecting, uh, something that is very uh, difficult to really ascertain. Um, with much accuracy, um, I, I, I think one develops an appreciation for the immediacy, the immediacy of the actual what is going on right now. No, now, uh, no, now. That, that it's, it's going, this is what's happening at the moment. This is... And of course, uh, skills of projection into the future are very useful and uh, reflection, you know, thinking about the past, it, it has its uses, but it's, it is a difficult thing to become skilled at, at sustained immersion in what's going on in the moment. Uh, and that, of course, there is no such thing as a moment in the flow, I should be saying. I think um, the appreciation of the transitory may be something that whatever is going on, it will pass. <laughs> so you're happy, it will pass. You're sad, it will pass. It's not you know, the emotional states you're going through, they will pass. Um, it's interesting you were saying, uh, you introduced the word spiritual, and I, I, I think people, I, I'd like to know, discuss with you here, with everybody listening, what, what we think the difference is between the spiritual and the material. Um, I get first shot because I introduced the subject, then you must agree with everything I say. Uh, I would say that 
contrary to what normal thinking would uh, state, I think people are too spiritual and have a great deal of difficulty uh, actually being material. Um, and by spiritual, I, I'm not talking about um, thinking about God or I, I don't know whatever it is, what people actually do think they're doing when they're being spiritual. Um, I suppose they think they're not being grasping and acquisitive and that that's what's being material. But here's the thing. Um, it seems to me that the distinguishing thing about materiality is that it refers to matter, um, that which is. But the nature of that which has become, which is, is it's transitory. It's, it's, it's already stopped becoming. And the only way in which we sense it any at all is through our senses. <laughs> Aha, that would make sense. You sense through the senses. Um, or perhaps there's some intellectual ideation uh, about it. Um, but our actual contact with matter is mediated through our sensual uh, appreciation of it and and so we you know, uh, get electrochemical symbols sent through to our nervous system and these uh, present in various parts of the brain and we construct an idea about what the table is or the horse is or that other person is or what this grass feels like or you know what the temperature of the air is but our, our direct contact with it is is mediated, whereas uh, you so you know just because it's it's very cold where I am in London today. But if I were to step into this, uh, if I'd just been somewhere in an ice cap and step into oh my goodness, it's only minus two degrees here. That's centigrade, folks. Um, it would maybe seem oh, it's kind of warm. So there's a, a relativity to it. It's not like our, our appreciation of matter is uh, a, an absolutely factual thing. Instead, it's made up of our thoughts or awareness of that. And the tangibility of these thoughts there, our ability to statistically weigh them up, the, the nature of that is very spiritual. And that's where we spend all our time. I mean, it's spiritual in the sense that it has no quantifiable substance. So it seems to me that whilst uh, the level of the spirituality uh, may be uh, quite base or vulgar in some way, but it does seem to me that that's where that's where we spend a lot of our time, maybe all of it, whereas our direct contact with matter is, is less so. Um, does one get better at contacting matter? And I'm, I'm suggesting here that, that we're, I'm you know, talking about the other. And I, I said the word melancholy earlier, but maybe I meant yearning. And I think people get into yoga or consider themselves spiritual because they do have a yearning for a, a contact with something. Uh, 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 you know, I'm trying to liken it to Wordsworth somehow keeps coming up in my mind. Of course, I often think about Wordsworth, you know, of constantly reviewing the romantic poets. Uh, um, looking back perhaps on a scene that you've seen from your childhood and remembering playing there as a child, but now you're old and gray and you know how bad life can be and you see the young children playing where you used to play and there's a melancholic yearning towards that which used to be a sweet sorrowfulness perhaps you would say to it uh, and uh, somehow that yearning seems to equate with 
this reaching out, this longing to contact the universe. I'm going back to this theme, the, the, the oneness, the thing that we feel out of contact with, that which is the flow. And uh, having gotten myself right to the place where I should have seen that that was the end of the sentence, I am now at the end of the sentence. Daniel, what do you think about spirit and matter in that regard? Well, you know, this is um, probably notching it down a few levels from the uh, the place where you were speaking about it. One of the things that came to me is you could take the idea of being spiritual as opposed to dealing with matter. Um, and, and along the way, I, I kept also hearing one of my favorite questions that I ask myself every day, which is what matters, you know, and there's the, the great, uh, you know, what actually does matter and what matter matters. And, and I use the question of what matters for myself to say, where is my focus right now? And is it that I'm focusing on this, this, and this, usually in the future, um, or this material thing, or this worry, or this fear? Um, and I use it as a guiding question for myself to say, what matters? Where do I want to choose to place my focus? That is a little bit of an aside, though, from part of what I took from what you were saying, Edward, is that um, people are too spiritual and perhaps in the sense and not sufficiently material in that they are in the material world yet not aware of it, not present in it. Um, you know, perhaps their minds, their imaginations gone into, well, and I say they, my <laughs> mind and imagination it's lost. Hard in, to escape. Yeah. <laughs> lost in some, um, you know, other realm that has nothing to do with the here and now. And of course, we all know, um, we've heard that the here and now is where it's all happening and the <laughs> essence of spirituality. Um, so, you know, and again, I think that brings us back to what's so cool about yoga um, and why I glommed onto it when I found it after being deep in the intellectual universities, uh, philosophical worlds is it does deal with matter and it's practical and you know there's a measure for our awareness and there's a, a tangibility to it that um, is often not there in uh, other philosophical or spiritual or esoteric pursuits i i, I do think that's what's extraordinary and and the physical aspect of yoga it's been demeaned perhaps by people equating it with oh it's just physical and you know for some people so it's a very strong physical statement it's wonderfully contrary thing i'm about to say here i, I you know some people do just go to yoga to be i'm going to go get fit i just want to sweat the last thing i want to hear is somebody gabbing on about what spiritual blah 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 and and of course somebody who is deeply engaged in physical activity to the degree where they're sweating and not actually listening to what's going on I, it, they're strongly involved in a now it's it's, it's um uh i just think there's more more to it than that that's that's not much to be satisfied with um although i don't don't mean i shouldn't be dismissive like that because that it's incredibly satisfying to experience the simplicity of i'm just here sweating absolutely and you know i, I think there's a danger in this whole conversation of uh, pitting one against the other spiritual or physical and clearly we are here to be both of those and it's got to be somehow in the integration of them that um that we're achieving our purpose that's an i'm surprised to say it that way but realizing why we're here in this form um and uh, you know do, uh, what i'm excited about is taking the the physical stuff of life um, uh, which, you know, for me means my upsets and my problems and my fears and my excitements and all of that and somehow distilling that into 
what does this have to do with a spiritual practice or what does this have to do with evolution? Well, and then how do you feel about evolution as a word compared to transformation? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, well, of course, I, I, yeah, I think it's inevitable. <laughs> Everything must change. Um, I, I wonder, I, I guess it's a, a, a word that, has become freighted inappropriately with a, a sort of upward trending. <laughs> but of course, that, that's not actually what necessarily be implied by it. <laughs> Everything, every, all change. That's what they say when you get to the end of a line in a train here and they, you've got to, you got to get off. All change. And that's, that's, you know, that's, that's the thing about evolution. Um, I, again, it's a, a, a not entirely tenable premise, but one of the, the titillating ones of yoga is that what modicum of influence can you put into the change that, you know, how responsibly do you affect that which is going on? Um, I, 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 I think, you know, there's this it is a reciprocal thing. People in many walks of life, but you hear it a lot in yoga, talk about, you know, we're, we're working on our awareness. Um, and it just seems to be so one-sided. It's all what's coming in. Um, but it, what is going out is just as important. The, what it is that is moving from between what happens in the space between these material objects and how these forms, let's call them, let's go to sort of uh, Greek philosophy, we'll call them forms. Um, what happens between the influences uh, and the degree of randomness that there is to it, but the degree of direction that you can make about it as well. Um, earlier I was talking about, you know, artistic process where you are more deliberate in, in the creation of what you make because you're putting this vision of that which is familiar in a new light so that it influences things in some way. Um, and, you know, in an Oscar Wilde kind of way, I think that's what uh, one's life is also like that. Um, this is, you can make a degree of influence about what happens in the between space. Uh, how's that? Evolution, go Darwin. All change, yes. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with you and yeah. You know, the, the, this idea about how much influence do we have brings to me also the question of, well, how much influence do we, do we want to have? And going back to the question, <laughs> or, <in laughs> my assertion about yogis being sometimes control freaks, um, and, and certainly I, I place myself squarely in that group. And for a lot of my life, especially in my early yoga life, it was, um, I did my darndest to control everything. And, and then I wonder, like there's such, such a materialistic perspective of wanting to identify and categorize and label and understand everything in the physical world and in our experience that tends to leave little room for what I might call the mystery or um, the unknown and you know this may uh, seem go ahead <laughs> well absolutely i mean this this is because it is infinite it's uh, it's to a finite creature's perception of it it's there's good there has to be ambiguity and that's part of its delight i mean one takes the subjugating the body and the categorization of thoughts and and ideas and premises and experiences perceptions you take those categories the ideas the, the 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 firm statistical evidence but it has to be returned to the individual uh for them to do something with it rather than just trying to leave it as good i've got everything under control and and it, it's to give one 
show a new facet of that which is utterly ungraspable. It's it's the ambiguity is all that 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 you know both are necessary. The uh, you know, the the an utterly random approach with no discipline would yield, I, I should think, um, small results in this way. Uh, I, I, again, I would, by way of analogy, look at it um, in terms of art material. Somebody, you know, some people get the idea that dancing or being an actor or playing music is all about expression and yes there is expression in it um but he, um you know a three-year-old banging the keyboard because they're angry is you know extremely expressive but not terribly listenable to the it doesn't reveal much about uh the nature of rhythm or beauty or if or if it does perhaps it does it in in sort of a, an inverse kind of way um and likewise people who simply try to say on stage uh, ex express who they are as a person um generally tends to to have less to say to the world at large um because oddly enough it tends to usually come out in the same way there is less variety to it discipline uh gives one more variety in one's creativity and hopefully too then discipline gives one uh more variety in one's discriminative awareness say i'm trying to get this reciprocal thing back here that 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 you become you use subjugation of the body you use discipline of the mind in order to have a richer and more ambiguous experience you do it with the full knowledge as anybody thinking about it is going to recognize you can't grasp the infinite. Yeah, it's it's got to lead to freedom from that perspective. Yeah. Well, of course, that's terribly liberating. Once once you realize, yeah, all this work is actually to be creative. To to I have, I can do what I want. Uh, yeah, um, there are limitations of some kind, but there is so much potential for the things one can do and that potential is enhanced when you have more control still doesn't give you total control and it still doesn't make you know the asteroid could still hit tomorrow um, but but uh <laughs> you know i i suppose the thing is uh this is maybe i think you, one does it because it's delightful you actually the more control you have, the more delight you can experience, the, the greater your range is. And as you're suggesting that many people have instead taken the subjugation of thought and body and given themselves less delight. They have, instead of using it to improve their appreciation and their awareness and their experience of beauty and life, they, they use it to make it less to to winnow themselves down to a very <laughs> small rut of life <laughs> sorry yeah well it's an interesting i'm not thinking of anyone in particular <laughs> but if you want their initials <laughs> well on that note it's probably an apt time for us to wind down before we do start getting into specific names okay um, absolutely so we've rehearsed our song from the sound of music <laughs> you ready to do it come on everybody join in so long facebook farewell. is alive okay um all right well you know and there's a great there's good irony here edward as we come to a close which is 
for those who have um, experienced you as a you know teacher yoga teacher in terms of uh, teaching asana and for those who've been to uh, my training which you've been part of there you know many have, many times we'll have experienced a whole different level and for those coming to our training in may um you know it's rare that we talk in such a highfalutin way like this um where <laughs> and you know you're known more for um good the, gags the, funny jokes upbeat up tempo teaching and with a, just a tiny bit of uh, physical challenge and rigor tossed in there for good measure. Um, oh, yeah, just a bit. <laughs> just a tiny bit of that. All right. Well, on that note, then, I think um, I will say thank you to Longevity Drops once again for sponsoring us and uplifting the health of the universe. And thank you, Edward, for uh, coming on the show, for being a great friend, for being someone who's continually evolving, transforming, changing, um, and you know, taking this yoga material and making it more, um, more real and more applicable and uh, coming up with new perspectives on it. I really appreciate the way um, you keep growing in it. Thank you very much for having me on and thank you to those of you who've stayed through to the end and even those who left a little early. Yeah, and um, by the way, those of you that are still here, if you've got questions or comments, um, feel free to toss them in there, say hi. I will go through the comments and I'm happy to hear from you and respond. Um, thanks to our producer, Tom, and most of all, y'all on this show, our viewers, thank you for being interested in making your life into art, into vibrant living. And um, I'll see you next week. I'm Daniel Aaron. This has been The Art of Vibrant Living. Bye.